0: Being born again comes with a cup from which the redeemed must drink. It is a cup full of mixture. Psalm 75, 8, For in the hand of the Lord there is a cup, and the wine is red. It is full of mixture, and he poureth out of the same. But the dregs thereof, all the wicked of the earth, shall wring them out and drink them. In God's hand is a cup full of mixture. Jesus speaks of this cup in John chapter 18, verse 11, in reference to his upcoming mocking, torture, and cruel crucifixion. Then said Jesus unto Peter, Put up thy sword into the sheath, the cup which my Father hath given me. Shall I not drink it? As Jesus ministered the Last Supper, he said, the following concerning the cup God has in his hand, a cup from which we must also drink, Matthew twenty six, twenty six through twenty eight. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it and break it, and gave it to the disciples and said, Take eat, this is my body. And he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink ye all of it, for this is my blood of the New Testament which is shed for many for the remission of sins. The cup in the hand of the Lord is full of mixture. In it are joy and grief, plenty and want, health and sickness, gladness and sorrow, honor and persecution, life and death, and we are instructed to drink it all. In the place called Gethsemane, Jesus prayed to His Father concerning this cup in Matthew twenty-six thirty-nine. And he went a little farther, and fell on his face, and prayed, saying, O my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me, nevertheless not as I will, but as Thou wilt. Many times our desire is to avoid the bitter parts of the cup, even as our Christ, who surely was tried in all ways as we are, but we are directed, Drink ye all of it. This cup that appears to contain good and bad is converted to praise and thanksgiving by the all-powerful weapon of the saints, childlike faith, where even death itself is swallowed up by victory, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. But death must come to us all in regard to our loved ones and our own lives also. It's in the cup that's full of mixture but also is Romans 8.28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. We turn the cup into thanksgiving with simple childlike faith. The wicked, those who reject the cross of Christ, also have a cup from which to drink. A description of their cup is found in Revelation 14.10. The same shall shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation, and he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. There is no mixture, only wrath, and certainly no childlike faith to convert it. Are you born again? Do you yearn for the cleanness of a blood-washed soul? Would you like the power to destroy all Satan's bondages? Would you love to have the power to become a son or daughter of God and to be able to turn the mixture in your cup to continual praise? Consider these beautiful verses. First Thessalonians 5.18 In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Philippians 4, 6, and 7, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Born again, born a second time, this time of the Spirit of God, is where the glory of the faith begins. Use your mustard seed of childlike faith. You have it. Use it now. You must drink of a cup, the choice of which cup is yours. Click on the further with Jesus for childlike instructions and immediate entry into the kingdom of God. Do it right now. We'll wait for you here. Now for today's subject. God said Matthew chapter 5 verse 18, For verily I say unto you, Till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law, Till all be fulfilled. God said Proverbs chapter 35, and 6, Every word of God is pure. He is a shield unto them that put their trust in him. Add thou not unto his words, lest he reprove thee, and thou be found a liar. God said, 2 Timothy 3.16, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God, and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Man said, If the Bible is true, I'm in a heap of trouble, so I simply choose not to believe, no matter how strong the argument. I love my sin. Now the record. Welcome to God Said, Man Said, Feature 901, that will once again establish the perfect inerrancy of God's holy Bible. All of these powerful features are archived here in text and streaming audio for the building up of the faith and his bait for the fishers of men. Every Thursday eve, God willing, they grow by one. Be sure to take advantage of these powerful features. 1. You have questions— god has answers whatever your question type a keyword into the search bar top right and watch the screen populate with related information from adam and eve to quantum physics number two use the tell a friend feature above to send a message to someone you love it is so quick and easy and number three imagine you can download nearly 300 hours of god said man said features to your electronic device listen to one every day. Thank you for coming. God's grace and blessings be multiplied unto you. We are commanded in 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 21, to prove all things, hold fast that which is good. And what we are proving, most importantly and especially, is the Holy Scriptures. We are required to know we need to know because absolutely everything depends upon it. If Adam and Eve, Noah, Samson, David, and Elijah are all true, if creation and Eden, the Tower of Babel and Sodom and Gomorrah are all true, if the 200-plus Old Testament prophecies of the coming Christ are true, If the Satan-spoiling, world-changing ministry of Christ and his crucifixion and resurrection are all true, if every jot and every tittle are absolutely true, I need to know it, for truly all things with which we have to do hangs upon it. The earth and its entire history is hooked directly to Jesus Christ and revolves around him. B.C., for before Christ— and A.D. for Anno Domini in the year of the Lord, for dates post-Christ. Is God's Word true? Settle the issue. Proof, number 136, Isaiah 46, 9-10. through 10. Remember the former things of old, for I am God, and there is none else. I am God, and there is none like me." declaring the end from the beginning, and from ancient times the things that are not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand, and I will do all my pleasure. Prophecy is one of the four proof platforms used on God said man-said to establish the supernatural sourcing of the Word of God. God tells the end from the beginning. Dr. Grant Jeffrey, in his book The Signature of God, writes concerning prophecies in the Bible compared to predictions made by New Age psychics. The Bible contains 1,817 individual predictions concerning 737 separate subjects found in 8,352 verses. These predictions comprise 27 percent of the 31,124 verses in the whole of the Scriptures. The precise fulfillment of most of these prophecies are proved by ample historical evidence. Some of the biblical prophecies are yet to be fulfilled, but we can expect them to come to pass in our lifetime. A study of the predictive claims of New Age psychics was published in Reader's Digest magazine. The study proved that psychics are hopelessly wrong in their predictions. The study analyzed the accuracy of the ten top psychics whose prophecies were published over a three-year period from 1976 to 79. The study compared all of the published predictions with their subsequent success or failure rate. The results are certainly intriguing. Ninety-eight percent of their predictions were totally incorrect, Only 2% of their predictions were fulfilled. Six out of the 10 psychics were wrong 100% of the time. End of quote. Dr. Jeffrey counts 1,817 predictions in the Bible. Most are already accomplished and the rest soon to come, but not one controverted by the skeptics, no matter how concentrated their attack. Proof number 137. Genesis one. In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. Truth finds no consolation in the opinion of the majority. Truth knows no opinion and has no external companions. Truth is insourced within God alone. John 17.17, Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Today's carnal academics embrace the God of unbelief and evolution is their Goliath. In the prelude of the November 2016 issue of Scientific American, a statement reads, There is essentially no debate among legitimate scientists about these truths. One of the central features they uh, called truth was evolution. In the God Said, Man Said feature, scientists come out of the closet, you'll find the following. The issue purposely gets scant publicity, but scientists with prestigious credentials are regularly arriving at the God position. Making a public stand for a creator essentially coming out of the closet is not a wise career move for many, but come out they continually do. Concerning creation scientists and their credentials, Lee Strobel, in his book The Case for a Creator, weighs in with the following. Scientists who utterly reject evolution may be one of our fastest-growing controversial minorities. Many of the scientists supporting this position hold impressive credentials in science. That's a quote from Larry Hatfield in Science Digest. There were 100 of them—biologists, chemists, zoologists, physicists, anthropologists, molecular and cell biologists, bioengineers, organic chemists geologists, astrophysicists, and other scientists. Their doctorates came from such prestigious universities as Cambridge, Stanford, Cornell, Yale, Rutgers, Chicago, Princeton, Purdue, Duke, Michigan, Syracuse, Temple, and Berkeley. They included professors from Yale Graduate School, the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, Tulane, Rice, Emory, George Mason, Lehigh, and the universities of California, Washington, Texas, Florida, North Carolina, Wisconsin, Ohio, Colorado, Nebraska, Missouri, Iowa, Georgia, New Mexico, Utah, Pennsylvania, and elsewhere. Among them was the director of the Center for Computational Quantum Chemistry and scientist at the Plasma Physics Lab at Princeton the National Museum of Natural History at the Smithsonian Institute, the Los Alamos National Library, and the Lawrence Livermore Laboratories. And they wanted the world to know one thing. They are skeptical. After spokespersons for the public broadcasting systems, seven-part television series Evolution asserted that all known scientific evidence supports Darwinian evolution, as does virtually every reputable scientist in the world, these professors, laboratory researchers, and other scientists published a two-page advertisement in a national magazine under the banner, A Scientific descent from Darwinism. Their statement was direct and defiant. We are skeptical of claims for the ability of random mutation and natural selection to account for the complexity of life, they said. Careful examination of the evidence for Darwinian theory should be encouraged— End of quotes. Proof number 138, Genesis chapter 6, verse 15. And this is the fashion which thou shalt make it of, the length of the ark shall be three hundred cubits, the breadth of it fifty cubits, and the height of it thirty cubits. Thousands of years before man begins to understand the mystery of life, he finds God has already staked out his position. Consider the following information found in Grant Jeffrey's book, The Signature of God. In 1609, at the port of Horn in Holland, biblically-minded Christian shipbuilders created the ship after the same pattern Noah followed in constructing the ark. The inspired dimensions of Noah's ark more than 4,500 years ago are 350 and 30. And this is the fashion which thou shalt make it of. The length of the ark shall be three hundred cubits, the breadth of it fifty cubits, and the height of it thirty cubits. The length of a perfectly stable, ocean-going vessel should be six times the width. The Lord specified to Noah, at a time when no one had ever even seen a ship, that the perfect proportions for a stable vessel were thirty, five, and three. Today's shipbuilders design ocean liners following similar proportions. These design specifications are recognized globally as the ideal dimensions to optimize a ship's stability in the ocean. This knowledge from the Bible revolutionized European shipbuilding in the last few centuries, saving countless cargoes and thousands of lives. By 1900, Virtually every large ocean-going vessel was built according to these proportions, of quote. Oceanic engineers have discovered that a sea-going vessel after the dimensions of the ark would be nearly impossible to capsize. Proof 139, Leviticus 17, verse 14. For it is the life of all flesh, the blood of it is for the life thereof. Therefore I said unto the children of Israel, Ye shall eat the blood of no manner of flesh, for the life of all flesh is the blood thereof. Whosoever eateth it shall be cut off. When God's word weighs in on any matter, it is inevitably the perfect truth, and he does this regularly in his holy Bible, and does it thousands of years before today's medical science begins to understand why. The biblical declaration that life is in the blood is an excellent example. Several excerpts from the book G.O.D. Experiments, written by Gary Schwartz, Ph.D., follow, but a short list of the doctor's credentials first. Gary E. Schwartz, Ph.D., is a professor of psychology, medicine, neurology, psychiatry, and surgery at the University of Arizona and director of its laboratory for advances in consciousness and health. After receiving his doctorate from Harvard University, he served as professor of psychology and psychiatry at Yale University, uh, director of Yale uh, Psychophysiology Center, and co-director of the Yale Behavioral Medicine Clinic before moving to Arizona in 1988. He has published more than 400 scientific papers and co-edited 11 academic books. Dr. Schwartz had this to say, concerning blood in his book, The G.O.D. Experiments. In the case of the body, for example, every cell is nourished by the blood. The energy and all the chemicals and other materials within the body are mixed within this living liquid to various degrees. And this goes further. It's not just materials and energy that are carried by the blood. Bioelectromagnetic information and energy signals— generated by every cell and carried by bioelectromagnetic fields, also circulate in the bloodstream by means of what is termed volume conduction. The resulting info-energy material mixture, the whole of the blood, which contains all of the body, is continuously circulated back to every cell within the body." End of quote. Leviticus 17:14, authored by God approximately 3,500 years ago, was insider knowledge of the blood, proprietary to the Creator alone. Proof number 140: Psalms 22:11 through 18. Be not far from me, for trouble is near; for there is none to help. Many bulls have compassed me; strong bulls of Bashan have beset me round. They gaped upon me with their mouths, as a ravening and a roaring lion. I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax, it is melted in the midst of my bowels. My strength is dried up like a potsherd, and my tongue cleaveth to my jaws, and thou hast brought me into the dust of death. For dogs have compassed me, the assembly of the wicked have enclosed me, they pierced my hands, and my feet, I may tell all my bones, they look and stare upon me. All the world and its universe revolves around Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. Even the terrible punishment of the Roman crucifixion was invented for the fulfillment of biblical prophecies concerning the coming Messiah, the King of the Jews, and Savior of all that would believe upon his name. Several paragraphs follow from Lee Strobel's book, The Case for Christ. Mr. Strobel, an investigative reporter, is interviewing renowned physician Alexander Metherall, M.D., Ph.D. The subject the doctor discussed was the crucifixion of Jesus Christ and the reliability of the biblical account. Dr. Metherall mentioned that the crucifixion was so barbarous and terribly painful— that a new word was coined just to describe it. That word was excruciating, which literally means out of the cross. The following excerpts are from the doctor's interview and the passages address verses 14 and 17 of Psalms 22 specifically. These prophecies were penned by King David nearly 3,000 years before Christ. The relationship of David to Christ is certainly noteworthy and declared, in Matthew one, the book of the generation of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Now from the case for Christ. Metherall answered, first of all, his arms would have immediately been stretched, probably about six inches in length, and both shoulders would have become dislocated. You can determine this with simple mathematical equations. This fulfilled the Old Testament prophecy in Psalms 22, which foretold the crucifixion hundreds of years before it took place and says, my bones are out of joint. Even before he died, and this is important too, the hypovolemic shock would have caused a sustained rapid heart rate that would have contributed to heart failure, resulting in the collection of fluid in the membrane around the heart called pericardial effusion, as well as around the lungs, which is called pleural effusion. Why is that significant? Because of what happened when the Roman soldier came around, and being fairly certain that Jesus was dead, confirmed it by thrusting a spear into his right side. It was probably his right side, that's not certain, but from the description it was probably the right side between the ribs. The spear apparently went through the right lung and into the heart. So when the spear was pulled out, some fluid, uh, the pericardial effusion and the pleural effusion came out. This would have the appearance of clear fluid like water, followed by a large volume of blood, as the eyewitness John described in his gospel. End of quote. Several other prophecies of Christ and his crucifixion have been and will be covered as we continue in this series. God's Word is true and righteous altogether, every jot and every tittle. We need to know it. Everything depends upon it everything god said matthew chapter 5 verse 18 for verily i say unto you till heaven and earth pass one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law till all be fulfilled god said proverbs chapter 35 and 6 every word of god is pure he is a shield unto them that put their trust in him add thou not unto his words lest he reprove thee and thou be found a liar God said, Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Man said, if the Bible is true, I'm in a heap of trouble, so I simply choose not to believe, no matter how strong the argument. I love my sin. Now you have the record.